Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the PT Podcast brought to you by Crossroads Community Church in Lindale, Texas. I am your host, PT, and I'm here with some podcasting partners. I've got a full crew with me today. I've got four other people with me instead of just three. But you know this guy. You'll love him. He's absolutely gorgeous, and he's shiny as always. The ball of beauty, the glorious, the beautiful, <laughs> the black-bearded ball beauty, Steve Howard. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing wonderful? Yes. Good, good deal. Good deal. I love you, Steve. I love you too, man. I just want to make sure you know that, Steve. I, yes. I love you, Steve. I love you a lot. <laughs> Steve? All right. Anyways. You just like that button, that's all. Steve? I do. I like that. <laughs> Steve? All right. So, uh, you know, I'm loving the only one who is redheaded in this room and will freaking offer you if you piss him off all right it's todd the irishman bergen what's up todd i'm doing good i'm doing good i haven't offed anybody lately no but <laughs> day ain't over yet that's true yeah it's, it's, early. it's too early yeah. yeah well you know you never know you just you just never know and it is friday it is oh yeah i didn't think about that and it's close to halloween so yeah. you're into burying but dead bodies that's right all we right do, we do have some holes <laughs> Large ditch. Tyler's full here. of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the holes out there. Mm-hmm. You said something about you're not following my line of thought here, obviously. There. I don't think I don't he was know. talking about the holes out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Entirely. Yeah, it's like every time I hit a dip, I'm like, man, Tyler's full of dips. And yeah. and, and Cheryl always is like, huh? What? Yeah. All right, anyway. She doesn't get it. No. Yeah. Joining us again is author, youth pastor extraordinaire. She's absolutely fabulous, Joanna Grace Voiles. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, Joanna? I am awesome today. How's Donnie? He's good. He's good. But he's not here. No. Joanna's here. That's right. And she is youth pastor extraordinaire. I think that's the that's the official title. That's right. Youth I like that. Can I put that on my business card? You can. Youth pastor extraordinaire. That's right. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and she like sings it. too, by the way, folks. She's, yes. she's a performer. All right. Mm. Hey, I sing too, but I just don't do it well. <laughs> Look, we've covered this. But this is evidently <laughs> singing is not a subjective term. Okay. <laughs> stick to gardening. I'm like, yes, please. All right. So. <laughs> But you do make a joyful noise. So, um, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and today, today only, maybe today only, depends on how he behaves himself today. I might have to put him in the corner. All right. <laughs> Who's this? We joined also by my son, Grayson Letch, also known as Gray Gray. How are you, Gray? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Or I'm doing, doing good. Awesome. Doing, yeah, doing He's great. a true Texan. Yes, he, he is. I am not. He must be dating a girl from Quitman. Just I saying. Think so. Yep. 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 So uh, we we got a lot going on. I don't know if you noticed, but Biden is threatening to use bank accounts to spy on us. Oh, I so. saw that. Have you checked that out? Mm-hmm. If you make over six hundred dollars drafting out or putting in, IRS has the. Um, the luxury proposed, this has not passed yet, but proposed that IRS will be able to take a look at your bank account if mm-hmm. if you have a, a, a draft or a deposit over $600. And that is to... So every time you get a bank statement, the IRS is getting the same bank statement. Steve, you're going to have to find another way to get your drug money back into your account. Yep. 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 Man. Yeah. Did we call him like Steve? Steve? All right. So anyways, that's that's just the, that's the hopping things and the events that are going on. I don't know if you guys saw that. 
I also would like to mention, and I don't mean to, because I, I really don't like this team, but did I see that the Eagles beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, yesterday? they did not. They did not, but they got close. They came close, but they did not. <clears throat> you can always boys. count on uh, the GOAT. He's going to make it happen somehow. He didn't make it happen. Okay. He did not make it happen. The referee that kept the guy from blocking him. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but the referee in okay. the middle of the stinking play gets in between a blocker and Tom Brady. Like, no, no, you can't touch the goat. You can't touch the goat. That's right. Don't touch him. Don't That's touch right. him. Don't touch me. That's right. I guess I'm gonna have to do with a follow up. I didn't see that part. Yeah, Todd doesn't do football, Steve. Yeah. Me either. Steve? Well, yeah, he does not do. I just got to watch the last bit of it last night. Yeah, I just, I, to, for, for me, anytime that you see a ref in the middle of a play, get in between a, a lineman and a, <laughs> a quarterback. In the middle of the play was not dead. It was still going. It was ongoing. He threw an interception. The guy was running it back. And the blocker was trying to keep Tom Brady from tackling the guy. Well, the ref got in between him and said, nope, don't touch him. Don't touch him. That's what we call, my friends, cheating. Neighbor teammates. I bet you if they weigh those balls. <laughs> the one they throw. Yes. The, <laughs> obviously, obviously. Where is your mind there, Jack? I'm sorry. Dude. He doesn't watch football. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a problem with inflation. and Inflation of what? Inflation, inflation of what? <laughs> <laughs> a balls. Hey, hey, oh you kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> I don't think your heart was in it. It's okay. All right, so uh, <laughs> we got a lot of things happening around. Uh, we're fast, quickly approaching the holiday season, and my brain is going in 12 different directions. So let me kind of just 12. Well, I'm sure you've got plenty more where that came from. I'm a one-track kind of guy. Yes, dinner. All right, so first of all, October 29th. <laughs> Amen. First Amen. of all, October 29th at 10 a.m., we will be broadcasting a very special live PT podcast. <laughs> and uh, it, Bless you. Are Sorry. you okay, man? You got the vid? Dude, it, he's dying I'm over, over there. the vid. I have gave it to everybody already. Good, good drink, dude. Good, <laughs> gave it to everybody. He's such a sharing guy. <laughs> sharing and caring. So we're going to dismiss Steve to go get some water real quick while, while I'm going through the holiday things. I go get some water, water bro. I brought him. Oh, so. there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's already no, got some. No, that's mine. Don't touch Wow. Well. I'm good. Okay. All right. So <laughs> October 29th at 10 a.m. We're going to be having a very, very special live PT podcast. Our subject matter will be angels, demons, ghosts. And the supernatural. We, we don't mind you guys calling, telling your stories, or asking questions about any of those things. Um, we'll be having prizes and gifts for the particular episode. You don't want to miss the PT Podcast that day, October 29th at 10 a.m. We'll give you all the instructions that you need to win prizes. In fact, if you're in this community, you'll probably see some flyers going around the area. We'll have a couple of uh, $100 gift cards that we'll be giving out that day and some other stuff. If I can get other people to donate stuff, that would be fabulous. If you're a business out there and you're listening and you've got things you want to donate and want your, your, your company to be mentioned, please feel free because we want to we want to get as many listeners that day as possible. We're going to have a great time talking about angels, demons, ghosts, and the supernatural. That's our special Halloween. Halloween. We're going to be talking about evil clowns. Or oh, anything? that's the wrong boo. Um, what? We're going to be talking about evil clowns too. We, I, I don't know. Deem, angels, demons, ghosts, and the supernatural. That's what we're talking about. I Steve. think it would be great. Okay. If we did clowns, thank you. Wouldn't um, clowns be considered demons? I'm just putting that out there. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. 
We'll get to that. I know some church folks that should be labeled demons. All right, anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) Most politicians. (laughs) You can call them clowns if you want. Stink says they all look like game show hosts. Some of them laugh like clowns. All right, so uh, the next thing is on November 21st, we're going to have our all-church family meal at 11 o'clock a.m. That's Sunday, November 21st at 11 a.m. That's always a great time with family and friends. It's going to be a huge spread of food. Um, No strings attached. You don't have to bring anything if you don't want to. Just come on out. If you can, though, bring a dish. Uh, trustworthy dish, you know, no dates or, um, you know, uh, what, what are those things that make you, you know, prunes. prunes, no prunes. Yeah. No prune well, juice. I'm going to bring a date. Okay, good. And, uh, just come on out to Crossroads Community Church at two zero four six five North Highway 69, Lindale, Texas, seven, five, seven, seven, one, and enjoy the family meal that day. It's a huge spread. Also December 9th through the 12th, everybody say, yay. yay. It's going to be our annual mobile Santa time. If you've never seen or been a part of mobile Santa, here's your opportunity. It's this year. It's been the first year since 1999 that we've done it because of some stupid virus that I don't, I'm not even going to talk about because Steve has it. Uh, we will be doing a little thing this year. Uh, it's going to be a little different this year. This year we'll be doing three nights at the church property. Like I said before, 20465 North Highway 69, Lindale, Texas, 75771. Yeah. We will simultaneously, though, this year's brand new, simultaneously be having a drive through live nativity That's and awesome. life of Jesus. It's going to be excellent. Uh, December 9th through the 11th, beginning at 7 p.m., we're going to open up the free drive through the mobile Santa there. And uh, December 12th, after after that fact, um, mobile Santa will be on the move for the first time since 2019, and we'll be going to local Yay. businesses that sponsor this year's nativity and mobile Santa. It's going to be a great year of festivities. I want you guys to get involved, get out there, um, have a great time with us. That is mobile Santa this year and the live nativity. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Awesome, awesome, awesome sauce. Are y'all as excited as I am about it? We are. Are yes. I'm mean, very excited. I'm ready. Yes. Are you ready? Last year was just wrong. Mm-hmm. Not it was having stolen. It was just it was stolen. Wrong. I'm I'm really surprised that there haven't been more songs about the year of COVID. <clears throat> songs? How yeah. depressing would those be? Yeah. Well, Why? I mean, Ugh. how would a song? Dude, how much you heard? Why would like, you want to listen to those? Haven't you heard country music? I know you have. You wear I love <laughs> boots all the time. Easy now. Easy yeah, now. I'm just saying. Yeah. Don't hate on the boots. I'm just saying, she left me for white picket fences and, hey, you know. sandals on today. As yeah. everyone looks at my feet. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the crusty crust. Toes, toes no All right. Toes thank you, John. Looks good. Yes, oh, thank you. Whatever. I'm I not got looking. My boots on. I'm not looking. <laughs> Steve? All right. So, anyways, today's podcast <laughs> is all about the divide that we see within our culture and the different age groups. I don't know if you noticed, but... Um, uh, there's there seems to be a, a misunderstanding between the younger generations and the older generations or the older generations and the younger generations and all in between there. And so they seem to not be able to see eye to eye on things for some reason. And it's no more prevalent than in our 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 bodies, our, our, our communities, our churches. And so we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, I'm going to read you a few scriptures and then we're going to go from there. First Timothy 4.12. This one is great. Um, if you're young, I want you to memorize this one. Uh, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. Let no one despise thy youth. If I had a dollar for every time a pastor told me that when I was younger, Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. And they said that. I, yeah, you don't have a dollar. Because your name is Timothy? Timothy, I guess. Timo- and actually, they oh, would say it like okay. in King James. Yeah. Timotheus, 
Let no man despise thy youth. That's the King James Version, by the way. This one says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. He's talking to Timothy, obviously his his protege uh, in the ministry, one of the ones that he almost dear. And then another letter from Paul to his uh, buddy Titus, chapter 2, verse 2 through 8. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Everybody say steadfastness. Steadfastness. Yeah, that should be something that you guys underline and keep in mind because it's going to take steadfastness when you're encumbered by generational gaps. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slave to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teachings show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. I would like to mention that having the conversation that we had last week, that the same terms for women, other than this one thing where it says working at home and submissive to their husbands, it's all about servanthood, and it's all about the heart of love, and both parties should be serving one another in love. So leadership exists in servanthood. It's not a call of honor. It is a call to servanthood. That is what Jesus did. He bent down and washed the disciples' feet. He didn't have them worship down and bow down to him. That's not what he did while he was here, and we're to show that example. So when you're labeling leadership as something where you should be elevated, you have a pride problem. Okay. This is a servanthood thing. And women are much more leadership than a lot of the men that I see out there uh, that are demanding that they be um, elevated and honored in our system today. So um, that's just for free. That was for last week. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 through 15. Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone. Everybody say everyone. 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 And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, which we'll talk about next week, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and and by it many have become defiled. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of roam through this this, this subject matter with the list of generations that we, we kind of know right now. Uh, now, this is pretty much a Western thing. Um, they didn't actually start naming uh, these things until probably around uh, the, the lost generation, okay? Which is the 1890 to 1915. And people didn't really start to understand what it meant. They were just, writers would write something and it was poetic, and so it would stick. You know, it, it wasn't anything like nobody, it was like a proper vote. Oh, I. how many think that we should be called the lost generation? No, that's not how it worked. So, um, Are you sure? I'm, I'm positive. Okay. Yes, I'm I'm very positive. Yes. In fact, um, uh, the greatest generation only stuck because Tom, Tom Brokaw called it yes. the, the greatest generation. So, um We'll talk about all these things. So let's let's go through these by name. Uh, we got the lost generation, the generation of 1914, which I think is funny because the births start for the lost generation in 1890, and they end in 1915. And so 1914 is right at the end of it. The youngest age in, well, we're not even going to talk about that. We're just going to say that birth started 1890, 
and the births end at 1915. And then you got the interbellum generation, which is 1901 to 1913. Then you got the greatest generation, which is dubbed by Tom Brokaw, which I don't know if that's true, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about why they call it irrelevant, why, why they call them the greatest generation, but they were born around, around 1910. And then the, the, it goes all the way through th- to 1924, all the births, uh, silent generation, 1925 to 1945, the births baby, baby, baby boomer generation, 1946 to 1964. Generation X, Gen X, my generation, 1965 to 1979. Uh, then there's like this in-betweener, Zennials. They're not millennials, and they're they're technically Gen X, but Gen X is also called baby bust, by the way, because it's bust, busting out of the baby boomer generation. So mm-hmm. baby bust. Uh, but Zennials is in-betweener. Uh, it's from 1975 to 1985. I technically fall into the Zennials. I'm not millennial, but I, I am Gen X, but I'm, I'm, I'm don't, I guess I, I don't qualify. Hmm. I'm you the don't in-betweener. identify. I don't identify. <laughs> Whatever. <sighs> that's a whole Are other podcast. Are we starting that already? <laughs> Millennials, Generation Y or Gen X. That's from 1980 to 1994. That's when the births occur. Then you got iGen and Gen Z, 1995 to 2012. That's my son. And then you have this generation, the current generation that's being born right now, 2013 to 2025. Okay. So these dates are all approximate and some overlap because there are no standard definitions for when a generation begins and ends. Uh, but um, as of 2017, when this chart was made, uh, we're talking about most of these, most of the lost generations gone. They're, they've already, they're already gone. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and work our way through this thing. Uh, Gen Alpha, obviously, <laughs> we don't know anything about. They're still they're still learning to eat and read and write. <laughs> yeah, one day. So, yeah, yeah. But here's the problem: they're learning a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Way, yeah. Well, they got way an iPad too early. Yes, way but historically, to to talk about them in historical setting, it's going to be difficult because they're not really setting any anything yet that they're 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 beginning stages and i'm not i'm i'm, I'm a little and we'll talk about that well i'm a little fearful okay. about where they're headed yes yeah, yeah, me too all right but um very fearful i say fearful that I, i'm i think that there are we could talk about that as well i think there are things that we can do to concerns to, yeah but concerns is a good word okay but let's talk about igen gen z this is my 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 son's generation as of 2017 most of these folks are still too young uh but Right now, that's that's what four years ago they're starting to come into their own. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, some of them fought wars in Afghanistan. Uh, younger ones are hopefully in school still, mm-hmm. except for today when we took them out. Uh, <gasps> planning, so cool. but they are planning careers. They're talking about marriage. They're talking about things that are coming up. You know, they're planning their lives. Mm-hmm. But I Jenners, let's talk about these trades. I'm going to read a couple things. Uh, generally, these are just subjective opinions but much more tolerant of others they're they're tolerant of different cultures they're tolerant uh, of sexual orientations this is Mm -hmm. where the lgbtq plus Mm -hmm. the big plus sign Mm -hmm. came into play uh they're they're they are very sensitive to the race wars and the 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 cultural differences between those things uh more cautious they're less risk-taking uh they don't they don't dig the drinking and the drug taking as much in school especially uh, less likely go to church though. Yeah. Uh, especially now the 2020s mm-hmm. happen. 
They'd much rather watch you than go to church. Um, most more likely to think for the, now you could correct me if I'm wrong, but in your, in your case, you're a little bit different because you are a, a PK. Um, drugs are probably one of the biggest issues. You think so, huh? Yeah. In your, in your, in your experience, you think that yes. drugs are, don't, think, don't name names. No, I'm not. I'm oh. saying in general at any school, it's always been an issue. There's drug dealers within the school. Really? Yeah. Eye opener. I, I refuse to go to the bathroom sometimes because it's that bad. The vaping and all that stuff. So do you, do you think it's a majority of the people that are in school or is it just a select few? I think a majority of people have hit the vape and probably gone out and smoked something. But Okay, so now we're talking about a subjectivity of what you believe is drugs or what is not drugs. What do you think drugs are and what do you think drugs aren't? Something that is addictive that gives you a little bit of a high. The Bible gives me a high and it's addictive. Does that mean it's a drug? Something that you inject into your body. Okay. That, a derivative of something or a substance that chemical. would... Chemical. Okay. Well, most people, especially the people that are talking about this subjective thing, are talking about drinking and drug taking as alcohol or something that they would deem as illegal drugs and probably would not classify it as marijuana. They probably mm -hmm. would classify it as meth, talk about heroin, talk about cocaine use, the things that are the big the big factors, the things mm -hmm. that officers would be dealing out more than a misdemeanor about. Uh, now, drinking, underage drinking is a problem, but I've noticed that it's not a majority of students, but it is a, 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 big, a, big, a big problem in the students that are actually doing it. But it's usually a select group of people that gather together and that is their escape. But you're telling me that there's more than people realize. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Okay, well, well, there you go. I would say uh, this next one's probably true. More likely to think for themselves and not to go to believe authority figures in government or in the church. Which could be a good thing or, or a, a bad, bad thing. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They believe the wrong authorities. Well, they believe the easier ones, probably. Yes. The ones that, that fixate on their opinions. The ones on... TikTok and social media. And do you think that that's true? Stuff. Do you think that they, they, they gravitate to the opinions that agree to theirs? Or do you think that they're looking for people to stretch them? They gravitate towards the ones that are entertaining. Uh, the ones mm. that I see. Mm. Um, delaying having serious romantic relationships, which I find, I don't think that's true, just in my personal experience. Mm -mm. But a lot of them... They, are, don't, they don't believe in that, or they do. Well, this is what this guy's saying. He's saying that they delay having they delay having serious romantic relationships. That they would rather have casual relationships rather than serious. Now, I would agree with that. Well, you would agree with that. What yeah. do you think? Intimacy is everything for this generation. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh wow! And not not like you can't take your own personal. No, but I'm not. Saying, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying intimacy as in like having good conversation. I'm saying intimacy as going into your bedroom and. Having fun. So casual or or serious? Not serious. Just, Not serious. Just casual sex. Yeah. Yeah. Just having sex on a whim. Uh, yeah. Casual sex. Yeah. And you 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 can you can talk about the fact that in our society it's a very oversexed society. Everywhere yes. you look. Yes. Our heroes at this point, you know, Kim Kardashian, Cardi B, all these yeah. individuals, yeah. you know, the the mm -hmm. WAP, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. They are, they are totally I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> my bad. But Swallow. opinions are flying. Okay. But I'm just saying that. The, it's it's probably I thought it was the coffee. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, I made the coffee. In context, these things aren't bad. In context, casual sex with your wife is a good thing. Amen. With your spouse is a good thing. Okay, I tell my wife that. But 
When you're talking about casual sex without the commitment of relationship, that's a bad thing. And yes. we're talking about a generation that hasn't had time yet to get married yet. Mm-hmm. And this guy's saying that they're delaying having serious. And somebody's saying, who is this guy? It's just an article that I found on uh, careerplanner.com talking about millennials, the mystery generation. His name is Michael T. Robinson. He's a founder and career coach. And he's talking about some opinions that he's got and just having a unique perspective here. Mm-hmm. He says that most of them will delay having serious romantic relationships. And um, they have seen a, a decrease in teen pregnancy from the millennials. Really? Yeah. Well, well so you they learn boys and control. boys, you're going to have less pregnancies. But you also got to, <laughs> you also got to remember that, um, what's the True. word? Infertility is on the rise too. Mm, I did not know that. And I, it'd be interesting to find out where that information comes mm. from. But again, we say that he's saying that there's less teen pregnancy and that mm. there's fewer runaways in this generation than there is with the millennials delaying driving and fewer. I, now I've seen this. They would much rather have somebody drive them around than actually drive around. Yes. Um, and that they are, they are more responsible when they do drive, most of them. Yeah. Uh, that's what he's saying. He's saying that mm-hmm. there are fewer teen driving accidents than there were before, which I don't know if that's true because yeah. I've well, seen cell phones. There, if there are fewer teens actually driving, then there then should be. Yes, yes, there would be less accidents, accidents yeah. with teens. Well, that this makes sense. sense. Mm-hmm. This is Logically. his. This is his his take on it. His millennials were raised to think that they were special and that they could become anything that they dreamed of. And then after graduating, they found that boomers had let millions of jobs slip out of the country. I generous have seen this and are far more cautious and less optimistic and maybe less naive. Hmm. On the potential side of this, the negative side, <laughs> iGeners are known for less in-person and face-to-face contact with others. Yes. Yes. Due to more time with your smart oh. smart device. Smart idiot phones. That's right. They also have a heavy use of gaming. They don't like to read books and newspapers as much. Mm-hmm. They grew up more supervised and more protected than prior generations because the millennials and the Gen Xers are incredibly scared of what's coming. Now I could talk to my generation about this. Mm-hmm. They they are preppers. They are worried. Yes. They're they're scared to death that they're going to lose what they got, and that includes their kids. Okay, which yeah. again, it's feeding into some of the negative things: fear, doubt, and worry. Those are things that we don't want to be a part of. But for some reason, when we look in the future, all of us are freaking out. We'll just keep on talking about that later yeah. on. Uh, less experience with teen jobs, earning money in high school. They they'd rather go to college and then get a career that pays them $100,000 right out of college. It's not going to happen, but... No. Um, That's a nice thought. It is. Yeah. It's it's utopia. They may stay up till 2 a.m. using smartphones, games, and social medias. Possibly more depressed than prior generations. Yes. Agreed. Feels, Agreed feels more lonely and not needed because they have isolated themselves on social media and mm-hmm. are looking at Facebook at all points for their, their, their comparison. They and don't use Facebook that much. Have a higher suicide rate. Than, yes. than the millennials. Absolutely. So um, that's just the idea. You guys pretty much agree with that assessment. Most of it, most of it are a little bit, I think a little bit of it's speculative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, because I ha- I don't think we've seen what iGeners can do, um, uh, but I can say that the telltale signs, even in our, in our community here, we've been touched by the isolation and mm-hmm. the, the, and suicide. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a difficult, and I say our community here at Crossroads, um, Mm. uh, and I'd say in in Lindale, um, it is, is absolutely a travesty. The, the rate, the, 
I think there's been a tra- travesty and a tragedy, uh, at least one every year, um, yes. in the in the city of Lindale for a long, long stretch of time, uh, and that goes back into the Gen X generation. Um, so I don't know if it's if it's just being bred into the culture, but it's weird. Okay, now let's talk about Gen Y, the millennials. M I L L E N I N A I L millennials. Okay, anyway, mm-hmm. millennials. I can't believe you didn't play that song. It's on YouTube. It's a great song. I know. I just listened to it last night. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Micah Tyler. Go listen to it. Yeah. All right. So the millennials grew up and began their careers in a time when almost every home except third world countries had internet connection and a computer. So they weren't hurting for internet connections, although they would gripe, you know, because if it was too slow, that that would be millennials. Dial up. Yep. That's this generation too. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I gener, I uh, they, they believe that they're entitled to internet. Y'all couldn't have survived with our dollar. <laughs> we yeah, could. Well. We did. We survived with that. We'll talk about that in just a second. Yeah. Barely. Uh, 2008, the largest economic decline. They, they, they. Uh, since the Great Depression, they, they lived through that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 9/11 terrorist attacks. They lived through that. Mm-hmm. Yep. The effect of 20 plus years of offshoring American jobs is finally felt. Enron. They lived through Enron. Uh, when global warming started becoming obvious uh, in inside the Senate and the House and all that stuff. Uh, became a very political topic. Mm-hmm. They lived through that. Uh, they lived through President George W. Bush, Rumsfeld, Cheney, uh, the whole Afghanistan war, all the Operation yeah. Freedom, the weapons of mass destruction, all that good stuff. That's the that's the highway outside. Where we, you hear that buzzing yeah. out that means somebody had a really loud truck and was going rolling down sixty nine. Yeah, okay. it happens pretty much every time we have a. a, 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 a Podcast. At least it's not raining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did see the explosive growth in the dot coms, the uh, Google, Facebook, Salesforce.com, LinkedIn, eBay, PayPal, all that stuff. Yeah. Began to see the um, the cryptocurrency stuff begin to take shape and have been the big investors in the cryptocurrency stuff, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. They've seen revolution in churches as far as the mass exodus from the college age. That started in Gen X, but they came to fruition. In fact, the highest percentages were seen in the millennials mm-hmm. with the exodus of church after um, wow. they graduated or mm-hmm. after high school. Um, yeah. They're just no more. They don't They do not do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, U.S. is divided with 50-50 with different and opposite fundamental beliefs and values. So you've got 50 percent that believe that church is important you got 50 percent that believe the church isn't important you've got 50 percent that thinks that republican is the way to go 50 percent that believes the democrats the way to go it is absolutely horrendously divided between the the blue and red so to speak um uh, way too many crazy people are shooting their fellow americans is what they believe um they believe mm-hmm. that um that a gun is a weapon of mass destruction uh, the millennials have really uh, kind of got behind the idea that we need to make war on substances and amoral things instead of taking personal responsibility. They believe that they're entitled to a specific lifestyle, which has led the country to get into trillions and trillions of dollars in debt due to the societal almost so um, I'm gonna, uh, socialistic uh policies that are mm. being put into place so then they're seeing the ramifications of that by the way mm-hmm. uh with the political climate as it stands right now so yeah. um now we don't normally get political we will in november by the way november is a political month for pt podcast so wow. if you don't like politics um you're 
We're going to do it in light of the scriptures, but that's going to be happening in November. But we have to look at it a little bit because I think that's part of what's dividing our generations. Yep. Let's get into Zennials. Um, cohort known as Zennials, and I say it's a derivative of the Gen X movement. It's the in-betweeners between Gen X and Millennials. Uh, and they're composed of the oldest millennials. This is the crossover generation. This is born roughly between 1975 and 1985. Um, and the idea being that Zennials are more like the preceding Gen X than they are the millennials. So let's get into Gen yeah, X. Yep, I'm a Gen X. Uh, Born between 1965 and 1979, uh, Gen X were the first generation to experience the highest level of education in the U.S. to date. The 1976 Arab oil debacle and the first gas shortages in the United States. Uh, The price of gold soaring to $1,000 an ounce for the first time. Blessed 80s. Uh, The fall of the Berlin Wall and the splitting apart of the Soviet Union. How many Mm -hmm. remember that? You remember that? Yep. I remember watching that in school. No. Uh, yeah, because you're yes. an Jenner. You don't. You don't even know what the Berlin Wall is. I do. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, uh, MTV and the rise of disco. We saw it. Amen. And the disco. fall of disco. By the way. Love disco. And then the revivation of some disco now. That's not disco. What? That's what? noise. It's, it's that disco. They still put the disco beat back. I, I have never heard anything that sounds like the Bee Gees. No. The weekend is a little bit of. The weekend's got a little bit of disco in it. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that new wave 80s stuff into it yeah. as well. Yeah. But everything's derivative of what there's nothing new under the sun is what the Bible says. All right. So, um, yeah. uh, China, that we, we lived through the Chinese flirtation of democracy and then the, the tragedy of Tiananmen Square, um, the fighting in the first Gulf War. I remember being in youth um, when my youth pastor dismissed us early because we went to war with, with Iraq. I remember that. Uh, and then NAFTA. We, we, are, we are the surviving. <laughs> We're the surviving people that had to go and run through President Clinton giving away millions of American jobs. So that was so dumb. Um, that's uh, <laughs> that's Gen X. We also saw uh, the culture of alternative rock, Woo. Uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yeah, we saw New Wave. We saw U two. We saw Police. We saw. I mean, we saw uh, Billy Joel, Elton John. Mm-hmm. Gen X was a great musical revolution. Not yes. necessarily as good as the Baby Boomers because the Baby Boomers, Baby. they saw the Baby Boomers. Thank you for grabbing my grammatical errors there, Junior. Um, but the Baby Boomers, born between 1946 and 1964, um, these guys, uh, they saw a lot of great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. They're defined as being the huge population increase that followed World War II and the Great Depression. They grew up in a time of prosperity and an absence of world wars. They were the flower children. Yep. Uh, taking LSD, protesting the war in Vietnam. And unlike their parents who grew up during the Great Depression, boomers became the great consumers. They became famous for spending every dollar that they earned. This is the first Western generation to grow up with two cars in every garage and a chicken in every pot. That was the uh, that was the mm-hmm. quotation from the mm. baby boomer. Spending and consumerism has fueled the world economies and has trickled down into the churches. By the way, um, well, I think we talked about that in episode nine when we talked about the church and the consumerist mindset, mm-hmm. and it has been taught to Gen X and millennials and iGeners because now what we thought were blessings are now entitlements. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, we're moving on. Which is yeah. why a vast majority of iGeners do not go to church. Because mm. it doesn't have everything that they believe that it should have. All right, anyways, we'll just keep on going. The baby boomers fought for environmental protection. They thought that nature, you know, the tree hugger movement came out of the baby mm-hmm. boomers. Mm-hmm. They were also the first generation to experience a time of unparalleled national optimism and prosperity. 
They they experienced the Cold War, the fear of a nuclear attack from Russia. That was 1961. The bomb shelters from the Cuba thing, the missile crisis. They saw the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. They saw the assassination of Martin Luther King. Um, uh, they they they. I'm not going to say this without being tongue in cheek, but they they witnessed what the media put out as the man on the moon, mm -hmm. uh, the incredible waste of destruction, of the war in Vietnam. Uh, they saw the civil rights movement, uh, Malcolm X. They saw a lot of mm -hmm. really cool things the baby boomers did. Um, and you guys probably know your parents if you're if you're Gen Xers um, had baby boomers. My parents are baby boomers, and they're doctors. Mine are baby boomers. And your 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 mom is an author. Your dad's a pretty successful businessman. Your your mom and dad, you're you had some pretty great successes. I love your mom. Mm -hmm. I love your mom. So and your your mom and dad? Silent generation. Silent generation. Let's go to that one then. Silent generation, born between 1925 and 1945. Uh, Silent generation was born during the Great Depression. Their parents were mostly of the lost generation. They grew up expecting a hard life. This was the area when a Christmas present might be an orange. Mm. or a full meal. Wow. Wow, what a difference between the silent generation and the baby boomers. I'm going to say, do you realize what our kids today would do if their Christmas present was an orange? Which should say something about us. Mm. Hey, you, that's you, what we used to do. We'd put them... Or, no. Go ahead. Well, no, I don't know who's listening. Well, you might as well go ahead and say go it ahead. now. You started it there. <laughs> I hear some of... I, I know that Santa would bring Santa would bring oranges for our children. Oh, nice. in their stockings, along with toothpaste and socks, brushes, and, and deodorant, socks and, yeah, and a deodorant. couple of Hershey kisses. No, no, <laughs> coal. Yeah, coal. Yeah. In fact, really last cool. Christmas, I know for a fact that Santa brought um, uh, a bar of soap that was called the. the um, pardon the expression. The big. Lump of coal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Was it? Yes, and 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 it was like this big bar of coal soap, like black, and it was it smelled fabulous. But it was you know it was a big. Was it made by the Sasquatch? Yeah, a Duke. Duke. I Duke. Like Duke. Duke. I use Duke, Duke for my beard Duke oil. company. Yeah, um, but it was the big lump of coal. So um, I probably should say like big lump of coal okay yeah. anyways so anyways uh yeah that was the silent generation um they they obviously lived through the great depression and mm -hmm. my, my grandmother uh who's still alive still in iowa and she talks about the great depression and lived through the great depression they're called the silent generation because as a group they they weren't loud they didn't protest in washington there were no major wars that they were they were protesting this was uh, a generation that was fighting hard to live um if, if you've ever seen Cinderella Man uh, with Renee Zellweger and Russell Crowe, this, uh, this is the silent generation that they're talking about. And then Tom Brokaw called this the, uh, the greatest generation born between 1910 and 1924. Mm -hmm. That's the generation that went and fought World War II. That's War right. II. That's right. Yeah. Grew up during the Great Depression, um, fought, uh, fought in the World War II, also mm -hmm. known as the G.I. Joe generation. Oh, cool. Uh, they are the parents of the baby boomers. They were named the greatest generation by Tom Brokaw, a famous news broadcaster. Brokaw said they're the greatest generation because they fought for what was right rather than fighting for selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, they I certainly like made a great self-sacrifice. They fought to protect people in other countries from the likes of Hitler, Mussolini, mm -hmm. uh, Japanese kamikaze suicide bombers. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's kind of what we're talking about. Now, w when we talk about 
how we're viewing because I think that's where we're at. When we start talking about let's not, let, let's let's talk about what the things we believe are true and not true. First of all, there seems to be a misunderstanding from every generation to the next about how things should be done. So you got a silent generation that believes that their kids are doing it all wrong. But what I've noticed is that older generations often talk about the younger generations as if they had nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> True. Then I mean yeah. they they, I yeah. they try to wash their hands of personal responsibility and say, well, they're making their own decisions now. But didn't they instill the mm-hmm. education that's inside them? Didn't they bring them up and raise them up? Yep. 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 Um, I, and a lot of times when we start talking about generation stuff, we t- you know we start delving into generational curses. People try to super spiritualize things. And let me let me tell you, as a pastor, nothing annoys me more than when. Um, older generations or the younger generations begin to blame the older generations and they call it a generational curse. I'd like to tell you that Ezekiel 18 deals with your mindset when it comes to generational curses. Generational curses are only as powerful as you assign them power. So if you believe that you're an alcoholic because your parents are an alcoholic, you're full of crap. I'm just telling you, that's not true. Now you may have learned behavior that your parents taught you and you may be living off that education, but if you don't assign that behavior or that learned behavior power, you won't do that thing. My parents can be murderers. It doesn't give me the right to be a murderer. And I can't blame my parents for murdering. Just like I can't blame my parents if I'm an alcoholic, I'm making the decision to drink the alcohol, not my parents. Those things may have learned characteristics involved, and I think that's what the Bible was talking about in generational curses from the next generation to the next generation, the next generation. It's not a generational curse unless that person enacts that same learned behavior throughout the generations. Well, how, how does that happen? How does it even work? If mom and dad, or let's say, let's say great grandma, grandpa were, were, or great, great grandma, grandpa were alcoholics and their, their kids saw that and they learned that behavior. And so now great grandma and grandpa didn't change. They kept doing that, and so they had that learned behavior. And then grandma and grandpa learned that behavior. But what if grandma and grandpa had that learned behavior, and they stopped doing that? They go, you know what? I see the mistakes that my my parents did. I'm not going to do that. And they live out Mm non-alcoholic stuff, and they they promote good well-being. Well, then their kids obviously are going to have – a learned behavior that is better. They can make choices to follow generations before them, but that 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 curse can be broken just by one decision of that person to follow what the Lord wants them to follow. Okay, so we're not going to delve into much of the generational curse mindset. Although I will entertain conversation if you guys want to have it. We weren't taught. We weren't planning on doing that. But okay. um, I think that that that's a lot of what people do is they alleviate the responsibility of their generation by saying that it's the generation before them that did it. And you know how I am about alleviating personal responsibility. I think that's probably one of the most hazardous things in our culture. We cannot be people that are pointing at other people and mm-hmm. saying that they're at fault for the decisions that I'm making. There is a big difference between in a cause and an influence. Now, Joanna can influence me to do something, but I'm the cause if I choose to do that something. Everybody follow me on that? I just yes. want to make sure everybody understand. And so let's put that out of the way. I, Jen is making decisions right now. Mm -hmm. They are making decisions. It is not the prior generation's fault that they're making those decisions. However, 
we are influencing, Gen X is influencing iGen in a massive way. So we will be held accountable for that influence. But that doesn't mean that I have put a hex or a curse on you, Grayson. By the way, I brought you up, okay? It means that you are... You have to know what is good and evil, and you have an accountability to what you know to be good and evil, and everyone does in that capacity. I can't blame my parents for my decisions. You can't blame your parents, Grayson. This could be defensive. It's a little self-serving on my part to be saying this to you. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so you have something to say about can't that. Can't blame Grayson. your daddy. Yeah. Yeah, unless you have something to say about that. What do you, do you have to say about wanna, it? Do you want to huh? Do you want to start a family feud right <laughs> here on the... Do you want to blame your parents you for think? all your problems? <laughs> Everything you're going through, Gray. Is it is it's it your, your dad's fault? fault? It's your dad's fault. It's all my responsibility. Oh, oh. that's a candid answer. Oh. Come on. You're that's like a youth group when we have our Sunday school answer. Everybody at the same time goes, Jesus. The yeah. force is strong with this one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have Yoda saying that? No. no, in reality. But the problems that I'm facing now aren't exactly have to do with anything that my parents did. It's more about growing up and having to live with the mistakes a lot of people are making and having to work around those mistakes that people are making and the taxes that we have to go through now and the taxes that I have to worry about now and the sales income and all that stuff. It's going crazy. And the inflation. It's all about money Money at this point. And wow. everybody's at my point in life. It's about money and having to get more money and having to figure out what I got to do. Yeah. Culture wise, culture, you're, you're reaping the repercussions of people's decisions. Yep. And those are all influences, right? I mean, those are, we, we take that conversation and we go, okay, now we understand what everybody's gone through, what they've lived through, but our choices are creating ramifications for the next generation to come. We don't know that. We, what we, what we see is when we're teenagers, especially when I was a teenager, I didn't have any thought about a young mini me named Grayson walking around and, I didn't think that my choices back then were going to create consequence for my family now. Mm. But the real the real answer to that is it absolutely does. The yeah. culture that we are building right now is creating the the environment for mm -hmm. the generation to come. And the problem with that is is if we are continually alleviating responsibility and blaming the generation before that that's going to be a learned trait. And now what we've got is go go ahead, dude. Yeah, don't don't raise your hand. You just talk. The constant coddling and lack of responsibility that we're instilling in our kids now really has affected the generation we're going into. What do you mean by coddling? The constant, oh no, you're okay. You're gonna get through it. And the whenever they fall on their knee, they instead of letting them like walk it off, they let them and they immediately bandage it and like do like go over the top for it. This is a metaphor. I'm assuming that when they make a mistake, there's no accountability. No, not at all. There's no spankings. There's no nothing. They don't believe in spankings. They believe in just constantly like, oh, no, you're absolutely fine. What you just did, what, whenever you went and hit that kid in the face because he stole your cookie, no, you're completely fine for that. It's okay to steal the cookie. No, it's Pretty okay much. to punch the kid in the face for stealing the cookie. It's okay to punch the face of the kid. And, and it's okay to steal the cookie because I guarantee the parents like, oh, it's their cookie, but... You're okay. You I'll, wanted I'll, it. And I'll suck you on your hand. You want. Now, do you think that we, let's be honest. I mean, do you think that we personify this in the church a lot? I mean, in a relevant culture where we're preaching relevance and that truth is relevant, um, do you think that there's a personal alleviation, alleviation of the consequence of the actions that we're taking? Yes. On what level? <laughs> 
Pause well, for station identification. Well, well seeing that the cat. <laughs> <laughs> We're all racking our brains. I know for a fact that we would rather demonize substances than actually tackle scriptural disciplines. Mm. Or how about just remit, just admitting that we're wrong? Well, I think that's yes. part of it. I mean, but that's what I mean by alleviating responsibility. Like here, I mean, I could take take ahead. anything. I, I can say that, it, you know, the computer's the problem for my porn addiction. <laughs> they shouldn't have that stuff on the internet. The gun's the reason that I'm going out and murdering people. Yeah, the, the, you know, the McDonald's is the reason why I'm fat. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you ate at McDonald's. No, I don't. But I'm just saying okay. we're not we're not taking these aren't personal examples. But we could. I mean, I can we can sit there and blame inanimate objects and say they're the pastors at fault for me not getting fed. Yeah, mm. you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife's at fault for our divorce because she didn't have sex with me. Nobody takes ownership. That's right. Alleviating the personal responsibility and blaming mm -hmm. other things. Yeah. And do you think that that happens in the church? Yes. Well, yeah, because people people don't want to, they don't want to feel bad. They want to go to church and have their butts patted and tell them how good God is and how great God is. Oh, he just loves you so much. But they don't want to hear the correction side of that. They they want a religion that is full of hearts and rainbows and, and love and beauty, but they don't want to deal with the Mirror. the the correcting the just god they don't want to deal with the jealous god they don't want to deal with that side of him it is my argument that says that that alleviation of personal responsibilities creates walls between generations it, it creates ageism y'all know what ageism is mm -hmm. now i do what is what is ageism well it's identifying and basically being racial about the age yeah it's a form of discrimination, discrimination and stereotyping yeah. based and regarded on how old or how young you are. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there are several different forms. I'm going to read this to you just so we got it. Okay. Just so we got it. Okay. okay. So um, uh, prejudices like you were talking about, mm -hmm. not necessarily racial discrimination because racial mm -hmm. is built on your, your, your color or your, your, your upbringing, but racial, your race is talking about Caucasian, African-American, Mexican, that's that's race. But we're talking about age discrimination, that's ageism. Where you got prejudice in racial context is based on your where, where you're mm -hmm. from, that kind of thing, your race. Um, it has nothing to do, by the way, of sexual orientation, um, although they would call that a, a racial profile if you were to say that that would be sexual discrimination. You see what they're right. saying. All right, so ageism, um, there are three primary types of ageism. There's cognitive, which stereotypes are used when they think about individuals in relation to their age. For example, thinking that an older individual will cross the road at a slower pace than a younger person would cross the road. That's ageism in a cognitive scale, where I think because they're older, they're going to move slower than the younger person. That's that's ageism on a cognitive level. That's just okay. an example. That's not obviously that's not the the, the, the big hazardous one. Right. Yeah. I, although I've seen I've seen ageism on 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 videos where the younger guy thinks that the old man won't be able to fight, 
And so he thinks he's going to pop him a couple good licks. And that mm-hmm. old man lays him out on the floor because mm-hmm. that idiot thought an old man didn't know how to defend himself. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. When it turns out that old man is a veteran <laughs> and has taken on a lot more than these little it's Muhammad Ali. Kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Muhammad Ali is gone. But know, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Ty, you know, Tyson's there and he looks <laughs> mm-hmm. old, he's got gray hair and some guy thinks that he's going to mess with him. Yeah. That's cognitive where I think that the older guy is not going to be able to do something. And I, mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. then there's emotional, um, is it, this is the prejudice that holds a person against others in relation to their age. Um, so, you know, you're, you're saying, well, I don't like you because you're blue hair, you know, that, you know, in, in church, you see this a lot where the youth come in and they obviously think automatically because of their age thinks that that person is going to be against them because they're older mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they like this specific type of music that must mean that they are against them. And that's ageism. That's that. Mm-hmm. That's very prevalent in our society today. Uh, I see this um, a lot of churches, and one of the more dividing factors is something that I, I dabble in a lot is music. And so, what what you get are individuals that are really passionate about their music, or they think that this is the calling card for the church, or they think that this is the most important issue in church, and it divides them on the basis of well, this person because they're older must like hymns more than they like, you know, elevation. And then they find themselves on two different perspectives, and they think that they should be fighting against each other. That's that's ageism. Okay, everybody okay. understand what that is? Yeah. Okay. And then behavioral, uh, it's the dimension of ageism, and when a personally person physically or verbally acts out to show their discrimination against a person based on their age. So um, you have people in New York that are running, and they find an older person, and they run up and they hit him in the face, an elderly person, uh, just because they're older, and they think they can get away with it. So that's behavioral ageism, okay? Mm-hmm. So those are three manifestations and examples of ageism. And do y'all think that exists in church at all? Mm-hmm. Yes. You do? Sure. But I, I believe, well, at least our church, we have a lot of older people at our church, but they're very um, open and, and if there's young people there, they, I mean, they love on them. No, let's, let's follow... Don't. They don't treat them as if they're just that young punk. But when kid. you first walked in, uh-huh. did you have a thought? I know I would have. I'm just saying. When, uh-huh. when you first walked in, did you have a thought of this could be more difficult? Because stylistic, music wise, that kind of stuff. I know you're a music minister at Church on the Rock in Quitman. Yeah. For those of you that are listening, uh, Steve Howard um, is employed there as the music minister. And when you first walked in, did you have a, an opinion about how hard or difficult it may be just simply based on the age? No, because they came across as so warm. But that's what I'm asking, though. Before you got to know them, before they started talking to you, you okay. at first glance, did you not have a... Uh, uh, see, I would have. I didn't even care. I mean, if I, I was just going to do what I did, and if they didn't like it... I guess I'm asking the wrong person. But I'm just saying, if I walked into a place, I guess because of my experiences with uh, older people, that I probably would have went, oh, this is going to be a little hairy. Oh, people love me, Tim. <laughs> all people love you, Steve. That's, all people. I don't know all people. <laughs> I only know of one Steve. that don't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what I'm saying is that I guess based on things like, okay, I'll give you an example. Tuxedo Cats, uh, we used to play all over the place. And uh, we had a... 
there is a specific group of people that we know like that kind of music, you know, Beatles, Rolling Stones, yeah. Skinner, Zeppelin, classic rock stuff, you know? Oh yeah. And they're, they're an older group of people. And we knew that if we had a group of people that were, you know, younger, it was going to be a tougher crowd to, to get into. Not because they were, they didn't have good taste or anything like that. Now, second childhood, we, we have a tendency to go, Ooh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to play, you know, I, I don't know. Eve hotel, California. Now we could play hotel, California. What we can't play is like, you know, um, baby got back or, um, why not? Well, uh, for obvious reasons, I, I, I don't necessarily do agree with the lyrics. Yeah. Brick house is just the other side. No, it's not. I think, <laughs> but no dude. <laughs> Maybe it, I don't listen to the lyrics the at all. I'm just saying that there, there is a, there's That's a, how it be. there's a taste of it music with me, the, but this is ageism in, in it at its finest. When I look at a group of people and I think they must like, in fact, I've been surprised at a couple of times where I've looked at a younger group of people and I've misjudged them and thought, well, they don't like, they don't, there's no way they're going to like Barry Manilow. There's no way I'm going to play Barry Manilow today and they're going to hate it. And then I get people that are like, they're, you know, tipping 20, 20 spots and go, I love Barry Manilow, but they're, they're like younger than my son. I mean, mm -hmm. What in the world? But that's ageism on my part where I'm going, they yeah. must not like that. And I think that absolutely exists in the church culture today where we think that the older generation may not like this or they have a particular desire for it and they may not care anything about it. Yes, a lot of them, they love it. I'm saying that it may be a problem in my heart. And sometimes yeah. where well, I'm looking at well, you need I to get right. I definitely would have had that because I came from a church of, of predominantly older people. I mean, you know, a woman in her 40s being my mom was the absolute youngest person there. And we had like three youth and that was me and my two brothers. So well, your mom was 12 when she had you. So I, I'm playing, I'm <laughs> she was 30. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> But yes, if I had had walked into Crossroads and it would have been full of older people, I probably would have gone, uh, okay, here we go again. Like, this is more of the, the same type thing. So yes, I, I, I would have done that too. Now, what's the basis of that judgment, though? I mean, that, that's I think that's where we got to get down to it. When we're making those delineations, but I'm just telling you, it's it's all based on my experiences with older people in, in church. Right. And that yeah. was that was my experience. Older people in church, they want to have the same format every week. They want to listen to the hymns. Like in our, this, this in our was view. my thinking. Yeah. This was my thinking. Because that's so. not necessarily true with everybody that's in, in church. No, absolutely not. We have people in our congregation that definitely prove that wrong. So One of the oldest people in the congregation, Miss Joy, literally is like, Oh my God, I love this metal version of Jesus, it's just all right. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Joy awesome. can rock out. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, she was, I, I honestly believe yeah, she'd have a mohawk it. if she could. Yeah, that's cool. she would do it. And that's she goes cool. to Mavericks games and all that <laughs> stuff, too. She enjoys those that type of stuff. But see, in your mind, it's cool because she's older and she does that. Like if she was you remember your it. dad's age mm -hmm. doing that, it wouldn't be as cool to you. But because True. she is of an older generation, it's cool. Well, you can disagree with her. No, I'm, I'm saying my dad doesn't like basketball, so him going to a well, I'm, I'm just saying a man of his age I don't. doing that, you wouldn't think twice about it. But because Joy is of a different, older generation, it's it's cool. The younger kids think it's cool because she's you know hip, quote unquote hip. So how do we? And and here's the thing. I mean, I think that's cool. How do you view Todd? How do you view people that are of a different age than you and? Are your thoughts, you know, positive or negative? Like, okay, let's say you're in a parking lot 
and you're getting in your car at the same time there's a 90 year old who's been walking slow from the the door you know because you had to go around him and he's getting in his lincoln town car all right and you're getting in your truck and you just know that if he gets out in front of you He's, He's going to drive slow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the first thought. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course, he may not. No. He might be able to push that pedal down better than he can walk. Grandpa Maddox <laughs> that's right. goes, that's goes right. 80 <laughs> down the road. <laughs> he, might, he might have a hitch in his hip, but... Hitching his get along. He, he can't yeah, read the speedometer, so he's just going. Yeah. <laughs> he's just I'll just going. push this pedal down until I stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I mean, but we do it, don't we? I mean, we... All the time. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I don't... But how do we, because I think it is, it, there's a divide. Now we're getting older. I mean, all of us, everybody that's at this table, even you, I, Jenner, um, we're all getting older and it's starting to be thought of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the older we get, the younger everybody else gets. The more likely you're able to be a yeah, parent. Well, I was, I'm not kidding you. I was watching the game on Sunday and they did a, a flash over to, to a cheerleader, okay? And I, I'm not kidding you. I went. She's 12. Mm-hmm. She looks 12. <laughs> I felt convicted for actually seeing the image on yeah. television. Yeah. I'm like, I can't look at that. That's child. That's child. You know, exploitation. Yeah. This is not good. Um, she looked like a kid. Some of these. Sam. What the Sam Bradford? Um, I think he's a uh, uh, one of the quarterbacks in the NFL. He looks like a baby. Oh yeah. He mm-hmm. looks like a kid. Josh and I'm like, Allen. pretty soon. They're going to be in their diapers playing football. And that's what I feel like. But it's because I'm, I'm becoming ancient of days. It's yep. I can't even imagine what my father feels like. Anyway, so yeah. um, uh, when when uh, I think all of us at some point with that divide in us, we base sometimes the decision making that we're doing, and get geared up for fights that don't need to happen, in especially in our communities. Um, and instead of serving and honoring those that came before us, mm-hmm. sometimes you whine. Well, no. Sometimes we fight against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I've and I've noticed that. Um, and I've been wrong a lot on this no. because I've I've been on that side of. You've been wrong. A lot on this. Really? So, oh, we I'm have so it recorded, recorded now. It's yeah. on. We have it recorded. It's now. recorded. It's on. <sighs> you watch this podcast is going to get dumped somewhere. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there's an edit button out there somewhere. Tim Steve. is wrong. Yeah. I'm going to play that video I'm, on Sunday. I'm saying that in this in this in this situation, especially because of my my experiences, I have allowed that to create walls in between people. That instead of fighting against them, I should be honoring them. I should be listening to their wisdom and. And at least hearing what they have to say yeah. about those things, and um, I've noticed in just this is stuff that's been happening in my life here in the last two or three years. Some of the greatest people in my life are from the generation of my parents, where mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they are they have learned and matured enough to where they balance out my my idiocies, my my idiosyncrasies. They're not really idiosyncrasies anymore; they're just idiocies. I'm just <laughs> ignorant. Um, and some of the greatest lessons that I've learned are watching this other generation that's come before me. And now that I'm in a position where I'm beginning to understand where they were coming from, instead of being the angry young man and pounding my fist on it, we got to do it this way in order mm-hmm. to change things. Um, I'm hearing that there's a balance between those things and yeah. mm-hmm. wh- the ones that aren't guarded and the ones that aren't trying to fight 
against the younger generation, the ones that are actually inviting, like you're talking about your church, Steve. Well, I remember when I first started, you know, we would always fight with the older people. They'd say, it's too loud, or we, we don't like that kind of music. We can't worship. But I don't know, this other this other church, I mean, they're a lot older than even those people that were complaining back when I was a kid, but they just want, they're just there for to, to serve and to love on people and to love the Lord. Yeah. I mean, I mean, truly they're, and even I tried to pl- play hymns cause I thought that's what they wanted. And they're like, no, we really like those other old, you know, the new songs, the new stuff. I'm like, okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's just one example of I've seen people, you know, get upset and, about design work or carpet color or ministry incentives. Yeah. People think that it's manipulation, but those things are. Uh, but one of the people that talk at this table that I think personifies honor really well, Todd. Uh, what when I've seen Todd integrate and talk to people, he's. I don't know if it's because he's just so old. Um, but <laughs> old. <laughs> He's generation closer. X. Yeah, he's generation X. He's the same generation as I am. But yes, y- you've you've spent some time with older people, man. I mean, you you've been able to find commonality and talk to them, and you honor them. One of the th- one of the things I like most about you is that you you have an ability to be able to bridge that gap. And I think people need that. Well, how have you gotten past the prejudices that you have to honoring people like that? Listening, listening. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. That's exactly what I yeah. do. All you have to do is listen to them. Yeah. It earns a and lot they, of respect. They will love you just you to say? listen to them. Oh, I'm just <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they, Pay attention. It is yeah. fun to listen to them because they got a lot of awesome stories. They do. They yeah. do. I need to and sometimes you hear them more than once, so it really embeds in your head. Yeah, that's okay. Sometimes. That's okay. I like listening. But to it's them okay. Twice. Yeah. What? No, I'm just listening. <laughs> he, on, uh, he wasn't listening. I'm gleaning. I'm gleaning with. There's an eye Jenner here that obviously. He's going to be an angry young man at points, and he's going to bang his fist. But if we were talking to the, because if we're wanting, if we're really concerned about the future of Gen Alpha, there's a lot of things that the older generations have to offer. That's why yes. Titus is out there. That's why he says older generation needs to bring up the younger generation and teach them ways of the Lord. If there's a wall that's built there, and there isn't a culture of honor that is upholding and helping our our older generation and honoring them as they talk, putting into practice what they're asking us to put into practice. Well, yeah. it, it's kind of funny. You know, I'm looking at your notes and then talks about identifying facts and traits that we notice about each generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing I would say that most generations, and this is for all them, there is always a case in which somebody wants control. Mm. Mm. And so it's kind of the demon in the seat because once somebody starts looking at somebody else and they want information from them or they want to get to know them, the last thing you can do is act like you're in control. And mm-hmm. I think you asked me, what do I do? And listening is the first part. But by listening, I usually give up control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I can, I can identify, okay, let, let's, let's hear what you got to say. Where's, yeah. what, is, what is your story about? And they can explain. And I can be like, wow, that's pretty cool. You can learn. You well, can. By you, listening. And, and let's face it, who doesn't like to teach? Well, there's you know, a lot some, of people that don't true. like to teach, but well, they might not because they've never had either the the time or the feedback that is emphasized that that was that was something that they really enjoyed. Um, 
when I look at people who don't like to teach, it's because they've had bad experiences. Mm. Somebody mm-hmm. shot them down, told them they didn't know what they were doing, or let's face it. I'm that's not, in every generation. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's what he's saying. He's that, saying that, yeah, every, that the yes. common denominator of the, the generational gap and the division that we're seeing is is built on fear, worry, and, and, and that, that whole control mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to control the, the younger generation, so I'm going to, or I want to control the older generation, and so yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, either way. Mm-hmm. Those things. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think that's what Jesus talked about most was we, if, if you're identifying, and I, I had that, I had a conversation with somebody this year, or just this week, excuse me, about the dash, that everybody places so much value on the dash, but they don't realize how much time before and after has happened Mm-hmm. And and the value needs to not be placed on what's happening so much right now. Although that's important, and we need to utilize the time that we have, we don't need to be worried about controlling what's happening next as much as we're concerned about laying the best possible foundation for people that are coming that they can walk on it. And I think if you you're right, if we're finding commonality and identifying with and empathizing, I think it's a huge thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, think about all the times that when you were growing up and your parents were trying to tell you something and they were like, you're, you're a teenager now. You're playing it out. Life is good. Your parents say, mm-hmm. you know, you really probably should prepare for this. You should probably do this. Whatever. I, I got this. I'm okay. Did you give up control? No. You took control because you think you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I remember... At the age of 25, I went back to my stepdad and said, look, can, can we have lunch? And he's like, sure, why? What, what's, wrong, what's wrong? I just want to explain to you. <laughs> and he's like, explain? And I said, I'll see you at lunch. So we met for lunch, and that's exactly what I did. Look, I'm really sorry <laughs> that when I was yes. an idiot teenager. No, come on. I'm going to ask everybody. Has anybody else had that moment where you went, oh, my God, they were absolutely, absolutely right. right. Never. Yeah. What? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I have All raise your hand. hand. Yes. yes. Like. Yeah. We're, oh, he was. My my dad's a whole lot smarter than I thought he was. Or yeah. my mom was freaking brilliant. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it comes to having kids. That's what I've been told. <laughs> right. Yeah. I re- I remember the the day that I called my mom. She was at work, and I that was when Grace was thirteen. And I called Yesterday. her at work, <laughs> and I said, Mom, thank you for letting me live past the age of 13. I greatly yes. appreciate that. I understand the self-control. <laughs> I, I get it now. Thank you for letting me see my 14th birthday. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. We've all been there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, maybe. There's one in here that may not have been here yet. But see, that's He's the part coming. of the, that's He's part coming. of the, and here's the other thing that I didn't ever contemplate when I was going through that process of, of, of teenage, you know, elbowing everything that my, they were learning to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so while they were teaching, they were still growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I never even thought about that. And it wasn't until I had my own kids where they were telling mm-hmm. me that I was, you know, being too dramatic, which I don't, I, you know. I am a pretty dramatic guy and I'm pretty passionate about the things, but I, I'm, it's a generational curse. I'm a, uh, listen, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. 
Good timing, Gray. I Good one, failed Gray. as a father. <laughs> now <laughs> no, who's being no. dramatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a penchant for uh, drama, but what I will say is this: there, there's been many times where mom, mom, and I, and I'm talking to you, where we have approached discipline or we have approached things that could cause generational divide in that capacity. And we've had to brain it out instead of feel mm-hmm. it out. And so a lot of the times when you think that, and I think most of the times with the, as parents, because we have to have forethought about <laughs> are, are we are doing irreparable damage here or not? Cause there's no manual on how to get people to, to, you know, to see it in, a, in another perspective. And so sometimes you have to get creative about the process. But I could tell you there are several times where we've been labeled as dramatic, where we were like, yeah, this is a well-oiled, thought-out machine. There's a reason why we're doing it. In fact, later on, when they come back and they're like, um, why are you making us do this? And we start explaining the process, and their eyes get this big, and they're going, "What? how in the world, how did you see that far down the line? We've lived it, bro. Yep. And and now it's yeah. the same thing. I didn't see that when I was a teenager. And I remember that exact same thing. Yeah. Calling him. I think I've told this from the pulpit. I've called my dad. He was at work. And I said, do you have a second? And he's like, well, I'm about to hit a meeting. And I go, well, I just wanted to tell you that you're right. He goes, hold on. I'm going to cancel my meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that one more time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think empathi- empathizing, being able to listen, that's such a great, That was that's mm-hmm. that's so powerful. Yeah, it's if we not, just care enough to hear them and yeah. to to, mm-hmm. to empathize with the position that they're in, how many times would we change if we came at it with the heart of if we came of the heart of Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. if you need practice, go to an old folks home. Oh yeah, go listen to the people. I would say if you're not walking with somebody that's older than you, one at least one person work at mm-hmm. Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah, no, work at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> You get to hear a lot of old people talk. That, that's cool. ageism. That's no, ageism. No, 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 no. Right it's not age. No, no. I get to hear them Those talk about what they think about me and what they think about our generation. <sighs> that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, let me, let, let me ask you this. Let's, well, you can teach them. No. Well, yeah. again, let no man despise that youth, but be an example. You're awesome. But let me, let me ask you a question that, that when you, you gave a nice little sigh there with what they're saying, do you think that they're based do you think that some of the things that they're saying are 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 just opinions, or do you think that's it, it's bathed in legitimacy? When it comes to music, it's all opinion. But whenever it comes to the way that we're acting now and what our morals are, there's a big ethical problem with my generation. Okay, well yes. let's let's get into the specifics of that, and I don't want to go too long, but yeah. let's get into the specifics of that. When we start yeah, talking, forever. It could, but give yeah. me one example of something that you've heard about your generation that you would say, okay, that that's true. Like my generation. Um, they're educated, but my generation are a bunch of flakes. Gen X has been one of those generations that are really bad at commitment. They they are one of the worst divorce rates ever. In fact, most of my generation are in and out of marriages quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so sad. that's Gen X. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we've now. I've heard that from boomers. I've heard that from the the baby boomers that said, you know, your generation doesn't know what it means to fight through. And, and and go through commitment. Mm-hmm. They run from conflict. That's absolutely true. Yep. So yes. I'm I'm telling you for my generation, that's what we we failed at that. And I've I'm trying to personify the change in that. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing from the older generation? Are your ears open to that? Instead of going, uh, you know, they're just griping about this, you know, what are they saying? Well, what are you guys saying about my generation? 
I want to hear oh, what no, you guys no, think. No, 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 no. We no. asked you a question. Yeah. We asked a question yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. You have to answer yeah. our question first. Do you answer mine afterwards? I, yes. I will answer. I, yeah. I will. Yeah. You will answer? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's easier because I don't want to be dad and have to do that. Okay. Yeah, Please I'll do. do. Um, no, uh, my generation, what I've heard is we stand up for the wrong things and they usually blame it on the parents. The, yeah, they usually blame it on the parents. Um, whenever you need to repeat that. I don't know if they got it. Okay. So they, that we stand up for the wrong things. We um, we definitely have a voice. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, we definitely have a voice, but we voice the wrong opinions. I believe we we also we flake out a lot, and whenever we do flake out, it affects everybody. Um, and we're coming up as the generation as the generation that is wrong. I guess we're in the wrong constantly is what I've been told. Like we're always doing something. Well, tell me what you think is legitimate about, but in your eyes, y'all think y'all are right. Indeed. And you think that these things that you're talking about, the, 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 the fighting, I mean, give me one example of where you think you're fighting for something that's wrong. Homosexuality. Okay. And that's based on your moral upbringing as well. Right. Indeed. If someone's passionate about that and they're fighting for that, do you blame them for, for, for fighting for that? A lot of my friends are in, are homosexual and I believe that it's not right that they're doing it, but I believe the way that people are treating them with how they are like going through it is not right either. Okay. I can get behind that. You're not, yeah, you're not, you're not feeling that they're, they're showing a loving attitude. No. And I think the way we're going about it isn't right either. You know, silly stringing and throwing stuff at Christians who are getting baptized because they're supposed to be the culture of love. And apparently Christians can't be that either. If the gays are doing that, then Christians can't be the um, the culture of love either. It's like there's only one culture of love, and it's the rainbow flag, or it's the Christian. And it's like they think that we hate them. And in a way, the church has shirked its responsibility towards that area anyway and let them start doing that. And instead of, like, correcting them lovingly, they've been like, no, get out of the church, or, like, taking them behind the scenes. And Oh, now that's interesting. Because I was going to credit the I generation, the I gen generation, to be the authors of the cancel culture, but really, he's right. Didn't the church propagate that before? I was just saying mm-hmm. the only difference is this generation is just doing it more publicly. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. but instead of know, shunning in the private, when, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, when my parents got divorced, we were very much canceled. I mean, that was a that was a, a deal. We we couldn't go to our church that we had grown up in. So I mean, wow. this this is they're just a lot more vocal about it. I'm these gonna days. I'm gonna say that we 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 have the I, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. We have the leadership that we deserve as a, as a body of Christ and all the shirking of responsibility that we have done. Catholic Church. We everybody the the church at large. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the capital C. Anybody that believes in Jesus. Mm-hmm. We have made our bed, and we now have to sleep in that bed. And if mm-hmm. we ever want to see change, mm-hmm. we're going to have to make do things differently. No, we're going to have yeah. to do things differently. I think it's time that we're going to, we're going to change the sheets. Uh, we're going to have to do yeah. it. Go ahead. Now, Todd, you're up, man. You were going to answer the question. Okay, so your question is, what do I hear nope. about your... Oh, sorry. What do, you, what do y'all think? Like, what do, what do y'all hear and what do y'all think about my generation? Because... Okay. What I think about my generation could be completely different. Okay, Todd's answering this, so okay. none of us are going to talk because okay. we can Unless go on forever. Unless you guys want to rebuttal, but you feel free. Okay. So what I see in, the, in your generation, I would say that I see people who don't want to put forth a lot more effort 
they want mm-hmm. they want gratification instantly entitled to it and it, and you can prove this by the fact that it's on a device and just take tiktok for instance <laughs> that is like a 30 second you know flick and mm-hmm. that holds their attention because 30 seconds is about all you get try mm-hmm. to have a conversation with the uh, with the youth right now getting back to the listening there is no listening but what comes from that who taught them who taught them to listen we didn't. The apparently. older generation often talks about the younger generation as if they had nothing to do with it. I don't. I know. <laughs> I know when I look at my son and he's rambling or he's going at Mach 5 and I can't keep up with him. I'm like, okay, we've got to slow the jets down here because I can't even keep up with your conversation. But that's the speed in which this generation mm-hmm. is at. It's just go, 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 go. There's a lack mm-hmm. of critical thinking, I think, is what you're trying to... Yeah, there's definitely a lack no, of critical No, and I think thinking. an entitlement to a life that you don't yes. have to work for. That's the next thing I was going to say. There's yeah. an entitlement. Mm-hmm. There is definitely yeah. an entitlement situation. Socialist. Well, I, I don't even think way. if we could politically... Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think we could politicize it. I think no. what it is is you guys have enjoyed the the upbringing. The, the, the fact that we, we, we have thrived off of the... The Gen X generation, especially the the you know the gold standard, the mm-hmm. the thousand dollars an ounce thing, and and we saw plentiful in the eighties. I I still look back fondly of never having to worry about you know this maybe my bringing, but in my in my in my world in my circle, we always had plenty. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there was there was a movie every weekend. We could go out to yeah. eat. We could we could all that stuff. What generation did it start where husband and wife both went to work? That had to be the boomers. boomers. And so boomers. at that point, if you think yeah. about it, that was the time that we, we as, a, as a society, put our children in somebody else's hands to grow up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. And so at that point, we're parents going to work, and we're going, okay, ship the kid off to school, and whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. And so at that point... So we're... we're, we're we're delegating our responsibility as parents to other people. Yes. Do you, you think that happens at the church? Oh, heck yeah. 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 Definitely. Still is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 now talking, the only thing that isn't really, obviously we don't have any boomers. We're, 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 we're younger than the boomers. Um, uh, most of us are Gen X mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or Xennial. Okay. Uh, but let's talk just briefly about looking at our generation right now, looking at the iGen generation. They're coming up and about to start taking jobs or not take jobs. That's what I'm seeing a lot of. Mm-hmm. Or work from home. Everything's yeah, work, work from, from home. home. Or or maybe working from home. Or But you notice that the standards now are, there are literally restaurants that are closing up shop early because they can't find help. And well, sure. yeah. the age group that they can't find, because the Gen Xers are now professionals, and they've got blue collar jobs, and they've got the white collar, and we're we're also dying off. There's a lot of the Gen Xers now that are getting old enough to where they're, they're some of them getting cancer, some of them are. I mean, we're getting we're seeing the our first parts of our generation are getting to the age of where, you know, heart disease, lung disease, those kinds yeah, of things are starting to take tolls. Not the longevity terms, the unhealthy that, habits that you yeah. developed. Yeah, yeah. My father-in-law started out in Teamsters. And so when I look at how old he is and what he what he ended up being a tradesman in driving truck, but, I mean, you've got iron workers, you've got carpenters, 
you don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Mm-mm. You don't Mm-mm. see people sure. joining. Oh no, Mike Mike Rose out there. He's talking about the fact that the, the trade schools yeah. are begging uh-huh. people to come, begging, and he's got scholarships and people can't. There's some people that aren't taking advantage of that because they don't want to. They don't want to work. No, they want to well, sit at home and make a living playing video games and making videos of themselves playing video games so that everybody can watch them playing that, video no. games. It is the weirdest thing ever. So that's, that's some of them actually make it, but most of them media no. No. media most. has a big part in that. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I think all of that is the the alleviation of the responsibility level of actually putting your hand to the plow and doing the things that need to be necessary. Discipline is part of life, and that's something that Gen X has not been good at teaching. Trying to get rid of police too, like. Well, I mean, People yeah, enforce discipline the, and the political problems are political problems. And no. I think that's been rampant throughout in the common denominator throughout all the generations. We've mm-hmm. all had our own political things that have happened. I was also going to say that um, the trades are about to go back up. I hope so. No, I've, I'm seeing it in my school where a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be a welder. Oh, I want to be I want to be an electrician. Ooh, plumbing. Mm. It doesn't sound like the most fun thing, but for some reason I have a really good time changing pipes as long as I can listen to a little bit of music while I do it. Like, it's coming back up, especially in this area from what I've been seeing. And it's like they're getting discouraged at the same time and being like, "Um, yeah, acting is this amazing thing. You guys are going to be so successful at singing and acting. And I'm like, I'm doing it for fun. I would love to be a teacher of some sort in that area because, I mean, I grew up with performance arts. But it's trades are on the rise again and nobody's talking about it i hope you're right because if they are then they should start listening to the old timers who have all the tricks mm-hmm. because yes. oh yeah one of the things that i've often learned is that when i do something and i think i got it right and somebody comes along behind me and goes hey you know there's an easier way to do that yeah. <laughs> oh yeah where <laughs> were you 20 you so years mad. ago <laughs> yeah where were you 20 yeah. years ago yeah well we weren't we we're in a position where we want to listen right yeah Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of growing up. I, I, I think iGen is starting to come around, maybe, hopefully, of what you're saying. But I will say that you're a credit to your generation. You have a pretty good work ethic, buddy. Yes. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think you're, yeah. you're, you're pretty, I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but you, you have a pretty good brain. Toot, toot. So uh, I'll say this. Comes from my mother. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting lunch today, buddy. <laughs> no, you got to go back to school. All oh, right. Uh, anyway. Ouch. <laughs> Uh, so saying this i want to make sure that we have a a conversation about the the future of gen alpha because if if we're talking about all these other generations we can't act like there isn't a a baby generation right now that is just starting that has a foundation that's somewhat crumbled i know that you see that i know it's it's pretty much imploded on itself Uh, the political nature of our climate uh, the the turmoil that exists between the two political party system um you know and i think now we're having ideologies that are are being introduced that are not only toxic but they're also um divisive by Mm -hmm. so what what are you you're looking at this generation right now what do you think i mean what's where do you think they're headed and and what do you think the answer is obviously the answer is jesus that's the sunday school answer but what do you think as as us as a group of people how do we embody uh, a, a influence for change wow that's 
Oh, that's wow. a big yeah. question. That We're was like, a loaded question. Yeah. Man. Um, protest the right. Mm. Protest Pray. the things that are wrong instead a lot? of the things that are right. Well, I think that's the big one, prayer. But I also think, number two, Titus said it very clearly. I think we cannot be afraid of discipleship, which no. means there's got to be a steadfast commitment to the younger generation. If they want to learn something, that you have to learn and you have to be willing to teach those things. And Todd said that we love to teach as long as they're willing to listen. Right. But here's the, here's the problem, though. The attention span? No. I'm not even talking about that. I'm, there are kids that are willing to listen. They just don't know they need to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, because they're kind of thinking, well, I've got this. Yeah, I've I, got I, it on YouTube. Right. I don't know. When I was hiring people at Mercy Ships, I don't know how many times people I'd be like, I'd ask them, so what is your background? Tell me, tell me what you're coming from. Oh, I, I can pretty much fix anything. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Okay. And then they're, they're like, well... Yeah, because, I mean, if I don't know how to do it, I'll just look it up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I use YouTube as well, but not so much that I would say that I can fix anything and I can just watch a video. Mm-hmm. So. It, it absolutely, though, for us, I think prayer, number two, we have to dedicate ourselves. church has to step in. No, we are the church. I know. That's what I'm saying. We've got to step in. That's what I'm saying. When I say we as a group, I'm saying if we, if we, this, that, that, that's, that's my pet peeve. If I delegate responsibility, if I delegate my responsibility to a pastor and programs, then I'm doing the exact same thing that Todd was talking about, where both of the parties are out there working and I'm letting a pastor do the job that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not saying pastor and programs. I know. I know you're saying the church. I know you're saying the church. But what most people hear when they hear that, is they, oh, the community of people that I go to on a Sunday needs to take yeah. that and do that. That's And you know that that's what they think. They're mm-hmm. not thinking about, I'm the church. It's my responsibility. They're thinking, oh, well, that's what I pay my tithe to do. Okay, we got to disciple them. Yeah, we as, definitely do. As yes. the church. Yep. I, I 100% agree with you on, on the way you're viewing it. Yeah. But I think we've got to be specific on how we're saying that. Because there are people at home right now that are listening to this and they're going, oh, you're absolutely right. The people that we're paying to do this should be doing this. No. Mm. It's kind of like school. Yep. Our teachers need to be indoctrinating our kids to pray at school. (laughs) No, dude, you need to teach your kid how to pray. Yeah. Quit trying to delegate political parties to... They're not going to indoctrinate them to pray. No. The time for it's over. I'm, I'm just saying... I 100% agree with you, but we've got to be the church. We've got to disciple them, which means if you see a kid that needs to be put under their wing or a younger man or a younger woman or even an older man or an older woman, I think it's a little bit backwards. I think we need to glean. But I I honestly believe that when you get in a relationship like that, you're sharpening one another. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. Younger people, I learned from my kids, I will never let them know that. You just did. Shut up. All right, but <laughs> and you have yeah. it recorded. Yes, I learned from my kids. They teach me stuff all the time. But yeah. that that sharpening pro, I just think that that has to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, what you're going to see is Gen Alpha go even more on, on the way of the dodo than what iGen has gone. Mm-hmm. And iGen's gone pretty out there. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know how many letters they've got to their 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 gender profile thing. I saw a thing the other day that says they can go around the world three times. I don't know. Man. As I long guess. as it's a big enough font. <laughs> I think that's a little crazy. But I I don't know. It's all subjective reality, right? It's all yeah. what I believe about myself. That's what defines me. And the problem with that is, is that 
Now there's no absolutes. They don't live in reality. They kind of have no. their own world. Yeah, but the only way that changes is if we... And then when reality actually hits them, they're like, what was that? It's true. They they don't know. I don't they don't know correction. how to handle. They don't know how to handle emotions. They don't mm-hmm. know how to handle conflict. And um, last week we were we were talking at youth and and I was I was really upset because that was the day of the Timberview yep. shooting, and we were watching this and and at that point I was working in the office at one of the schools and so I'm seeing this play out live and then I'm I'm witnessing things with some of these kids. And when we got to youth that night, I, I told him, like, you know what? I, I feel like in some ways my generation does owe you an apology because we have not taught you. Parents have not taught their kids how to deal with emotions, how to handle conflict, mm-hmm. how to get past disappointment and failure and we have let you down and this is the result you have a whole generation of kids who when they get mad when they get disappointed when life doesn't turn out the way they think it should because their parents have told them they can do anything be anything have anything they don't know how to handle it mm-hmm. and I'd they agree, act I'd agree with that. crazy I think so. they I'd agree act ridiculous well I, again though the only way that changes is if we're willing to do the hard things at home. Right. Not not only at home, but you remember there's an absence of daddy and a very a huge percentage. Yeah, yes. So we've got to be willing to be fathers to, <laughs> to the to the to people that don't that have them. Yours. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be willing to be moms to to kids that and to to be steadfast in that commitment. Yeah. Uh, employers, if you're hearing me right now, listen to me. There's a shortage of workers because you felt entitled to good workers. You haven't trained good workers. You hear me? Mm-hmm. And I need you to understand that church, the reason why there's a shortage of mature individuals is because you haven't trained mature individuals. Right. Parents, the mm-hmm. reason why there are entitled kids is because you haven't trained working kids. Mm-hmm. If you want to see change, there's got to be a different approach to this generation. And Gen Alpha is going to be begging for it. Or they're going to feel like they don't need it, and I'm telling you, you do not it's want to be a fifty-fifty. You do not mm-hmm. want YouTube teaching your kids. No, no, Lord, no. You don't want me no. teaching your kids. That you, you want Mm-mm. you, you want you and the Lord to be doing that. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut this one off because we could go on forever on this this uh, yeah. topic. It's a great topic, but we got a great. Uh, uh, this is becoming way too deep. Well, no, we just I do this every week. Yeah, you I don't always have, go over the limit. I don't have permission to use this song. Oh, again? Again? I know. Again? I know. Have we, have Such a rebel. Oh, my. But it's so perfect. It okay. is. This This is from a For Him song on their album, The Ride, that they did back in 1996. Really? Yep. I love the message of this song. It's called For Future Generations, and uh, it just oh, says exactly song, what, yeah. what, what we're talking about today. We have got to be people that are, are, are steadfast in our commitment to the love to the Lord, and too much is riding on it not to. So uh, this is for him. Check this out. I hope you guys uh, enjoy this song as much as I do. It's called For Future Generations.
That was for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't hit the buttons quick enough. That was for him. Uh, it was back off their Ride album back in 1996. I love the message of that song. Take a listen to it. Uh, good conversation today. Uh, I want to tell you guys how thankful we are for the opportunity to be able to enter your lives by way of this podcast. And thank you so much for listening in again. And I'm getting more and more people telling me that they're enjoying the fact that we're answering harder questions and talking about harder topics that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Um, they're ignoring. And uh, I appreciate you noticing. I appreciate you listening. And listen, if you want to hear something from us or you want to uh, have a podcast about a certain subject, be sure and talk to us. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at tim at timlutch.com. Once again, that's tim at T-I-M-L-E-T-S-C-H. Let me know what you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, we also want to thank Crossroads Community Church, Lindell, Texas, again, for sponsoring this podcast and allowing us the opportunity to broadcast to you from their podcast studio in Lindell, Texas. Go and check that out. Um, it's been a great conversation, guys, and uh, I hope that we take the uh, challenge to not only make disciples, but to to, to train up uh, the next generation in the way that they should go. Uh, it's one thing to gripe about it. It's another thing to be the change, and I think we need to be the change. And hopefully, guys, you, you agree with that. Yes. Um, so next week, we're going to be talking about the real definitions of grace and mercy and how yeah. those two things are not synonymous. They are not synonymous. I know that we say those terms in one sentence, usually, we need the grace and mercy of the Lord. And yes, we do, but it is not synonymous. And we're going to talk about that next week. But until then, we're going to we're going to go ahead and go on home. This is Todd Bergen. This is Steve Howard. It's Joanna Boyles. This is Grayson Lech. And this All is right. PT signing off. If no one has told you, God loves you so, so much. And so do I. I hope you guys know that. And we'll see you next week. God bless you.